Delicious truthers. So how you been, Juanes? Uh, What's life been like for you, man? Well, I'm in Hawaii. It's not paradise, like everybody says. Um, (laughs) It's fun for a little while, but to live here, not so much. Uh, The unit here is is good. Uh, Just like, you know, like going to the beach a lot is fun for a little while. But when you live Uh by a beach your whole life, it's not really that cool. Like, um, so you got to find other things like, uh, to entertain yourself. And like, they used to have like such cool stuff here, but a lot of it shut down, uh, cause of COVID and never came back. Really? So I, I, I yeah, like there was this, uh, there was this food place. It was like, uh, just a, there's like 50 different vendors inside this like one building and it was like huge all sorts of like japanese food and you know uh, just awesome stuff um and it shut down because of covid and it never came back so we like rarely go uh. to that it was in a giant mall it's called the ala moana mall and uh mm-hmm. yeah we like barely ever go over there anymore because it shut down i feel like that was the only reason we would go over there because uh, it's an yeah. hour drive nothing here is far but the traffic and how like small the island is it makes the drive long so it's it's pretty annoying but is there a lot um, of people that live there i mean other <clears throat> than the personnel on post Oh, yeah. If you're on the wrong side, if you're going to the wrong side of the island at the wrong time of day, you're getting stuck in traffic because the highway is like there's only three highways here. H1, 2, and 3. And if you're on the wrong one at the wrong time of day, you're stuck in traffic. (laughs) (laughs) So. Yeah, that honestly does sound kind of shitty. I heard a lot of people... uh, get flights to the big island uh to go do things it's super cheap uh to island hop well it was super cheap um now i think i think it still is it's just not cheap to buy anything here anymore um it's just getting Um, more more and more expensive and for some reason you know the army and all of their knowledge they're like reducing cola pay but Inflation is just beating our asses here. So we're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> we're poor. <laughs> we're poor. Always- Help us. <laughs> the commissary here, I've been collecting pictures because I just love memeing on people. Like just <laughs> making stupid pictures like stand out. And what people don't like understand is like I posted a picture of uh, – uh, lettuce and I have a picture of garlic and I have a couple other ones. The commissary here is horrible, dude. Like they, uh, have sold us like moldy bread, uh, just mold, moldy food, outdated food. People are finding things on the shelves like coffee creamer and stuff like that, that expired, uh, in like 2021. Jeez. And uh, like Garrison's not doing anything about it here. So we're just like, every time I grab bread now, I'm like pulling the bag, like to see like 
inside so I can see like the because <laughs> I'm not buying moldy food like it's already expensive and then yeah. what I'm going to drive back over there and get a free one like no I already came home you'd think that uh well I guess I get I you would think that there would be someone in charge to like lay the hammer down when it came to like taking care of a store and then yeah. on the flip side you'd think that like you know, you could kind of understand that, like, getting shipments in from fucking wherever for specifics on, like, you know, bread and milk, if it's not readily available in the area, like, I don't know, it would be on a continuous cycle so that shit gets cycled out regularly when it's expired. Yeah, some of those things, uh, some of the breads here, well, most of the breads here that they sell are local, so... It's not like we're getting them from a shipyard or something like the produce. I don't know about the produce. I know a lot of it. A lot of this stuff is shipped over here. But by the time it gets here, like you take it home, if you're not going to use it within a couple of days, that shit's bad already. Um, oh, my God. Are you for real? Yeah, avocados here are like super expensive too. And I love avocados. And it's like <laughs> the first week we were here, uh, I bought a bag of avocados at the commissary. And I was like staring at the register, like as they were scanning everything. And then I saw like a, a huge like charge come up. And I like looked at my receipt and I was like, that was like $28. And it was only like five or six of them. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah. I was like, wait, hold on. What? (laughs) And yeah. So avocados is like a luxury here apparently. So, um, but the unit, (laughs) the unit and the training in general, like it's fun, but there's only so much they could do here. So sometimes we have to fly. We have to fly to the big island and then we go to the top where it's extremely cold and nothing blocking the 30 mile per hour winds just blasting your face. So it's just like, <laughs> it's like Carson on the big island. If you go to the top, um, do you, uh, do you miss Carson? You know, I talk crap about every unit I've been in until I leave um, I wish I enjoyed running earlier at Carson <laughs> because I got to see some really cool stuff like when I actually did. Uh, but that was towards when we returned from our little rotation. And mm-hmm. it's just every weekend I was just running at different trails with uh, Z-Bolt. And okay. um yeah, we were just going far. We were doing like eight mile runs, seven mile runs. Like uh, we did oh. a half marathon at Garden of the Gods. Like we were just going everywhere, and it was awesome. But it took me so long to enjoy that that I kind of feel like I wasted my time there. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, like that's part of growth, though. Like you don't find something that you truly do love until. You know, you experience it and then you look back and you're like, God, if only I had started this, pushed myself to do this earlier, I would have had some such a better 
time with it. Like that's how I feel about stock market, savings, buying a house, podcast, all that stuff. I just wish I had started sooner. Yeah, you just gotta uh, just gotta accept that some things won't work out, but you gotta like take that jump and like try it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. That's how I feel about CrossFit right now. I just, I kind of wish that I did it sooner because I did, I did powerlifting for a while and I gained like 60 pounds and it did not help me at all. Like I, it was fun. It just, but it did not help me. So now I'm like doing CrossFit and I'm busting my butt to get over this plateau to lose some more weight and get better at overall functional fitness, that kind of stuff. But I mean, I miss, I miss Carson though. I miss the, I think a lot of the people at Carson, that's what I miss about it. I don't miss Colorado Springs. I hated Colorado Springs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't like the cold, but definitely like it was a, a strong group of people. Very, uh, funny moments there (laughs) well i mean a lot of us were there for so long with each other that i don't know it kind of made the unit fun for us after a while after we got over our early humps of the unit you know especially when we had specific leaders there that were making our lives a little bit harder (laughs) (laughs) we um so when i got here um i had two of the craziest leaders i've ever had so one of them was from maui and the other one was uh he uh ended up going to the army crossfit uh crossfit team um and so they're they're both just amazing like they the psc and the pl like if we were done with our work we were gone we were doing hikes about every week uh off post pt and Mm -hmm. uh they would always take pictures and like we filled up like the whole wall with like platoon photos of just hikes and these weren't like regular like little hikes that you could just you know go with your family and like the, uh, our PSG from Maui would always find these like hikes that were on all trails or other stuff. And it would look like you don't belong there when you would walk in there <laughs> because like the gates were never open, stuff like that. And you're like, uh, all right. Yeah. And we would end up at like these hidden like waterfalls, um, on top of wow. like ridge lines that were just scary as shit. Um, just like all kinds of this stuff. Like you got, you got grown, grown men like crawling on their knees on these ridge lines because they're just like terrified to fall. And you're just like, oh wow, this, this is awesome. Um, and then, but that would he be was, me. I'm scared of heights. Yeah. I, I feel like I am, but I feel like I just don't care enough to like be scared of it. Because in reality, like, if I fall, I mean, the worst that could happen is I die or knock myself out or something. <laughs> but, um, 
yeah, all of these hikes, the only funny part about it to me was he never got the distance correct. We would always show up to work late and the commander was always just like, where is fourth platoon? And we're just like covered in mud from like the gulches and stuff. And we're just like showing some, some of the days we showed up like still dirty because we had no time to get ready. And it, oh my God. And it was just awesome because they're just like, well, that was, that was cool. Um, and the PL always had good circuits for PT. It was never a waste of time. But uh, this this is where like it's always nice, like when you have like a re- actual really good workout that like I don't know. Yeah, I think just suffering during PT, like while I don't want to do it, I know that like I'm gonna feel really good afterwards. So I always think it's fun, and I I plus I enjoy watching other people suffer. So yeah, I just uh, for me for the last two PLs, I would tell them. Um, for PT, make sure it's like, because usually they would let us schedule it until, or make the schedule until our recent commander. I would just tell them, don't waste our time. If you're going to wake me up early in the morning, do not waste our time. Uh, make it yeah. worth it and make sure it's like, it makes sense. Um, yeah, not just running. There's some legitimate workout in there, especially geared towards what we're doing now. But Yeah. Anyways, so that's the thing that I can't help but understand. Like, so in the army, it happens every single time. You get some good leaders, and then they just like set your expectations way too high, right? So we ended mm-hmm. up getting a new PSG, and this guy was wild. Like, he was just a wild card. He came in iron fist, didn't even try to get to know people, just immediately started like just hammering down on everybody. And uh, eventually it got to the point where like this dude's just like making fun of dudes, like belittling them. And I'm not like, I'm not really a quiet person when it comes to stuff like that. And I just like, you know, bottled it up for too damn long. And I had worked with these guys for over a year already at this point. Um, So I had already gone to the board. I got wavered at 12 months, uh, went to the board, passed, uh, and I was already promotable. So I was only a sergeant for like, well, I would have made six and six, but I got in trouble. So... Um, it was just like after, (laughs) I think it it was like, it was like two, he had been there for like two or three months and I'm just bottling up all of this anger towards this guy because he's just like belittling these dudes. He's calling the redheads like fucking gingers, like all this stuff, like just absolutely like shitting on them and all of their work, uh, workflow just starts going to shit. Like, we're starting to stay late. We're not getting things done properly. Oh, no. Like everything, everybody, like it's like he, he took a wheel and he started chipping away at it until it turned into a block. And then you, st- and he was still trying to roll it. If that makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. I um, so I go to the motor pool one day, it's already early as hell in the morning and the mechanics didn't do their job. So I'm like freaking fuming. Like there's just, 
I'm going to just blow up. And uh, I go to work and, and he's already at it, dude. It's like so early in the morning. How do you have energy to be just like, just bitching at people? And I just like lost my shit, dude. I'm like cussing at this dude. He's my PSG, mind you. Like, and I'm not happy about the way I did it, but I'm happy about the outcome of what happened because um, I did end up getting in trouble. I was a little obnoxious about it, <laughs> but um, so I'm just like yelling at him in front of everybody, like about the way he's like treating these dudes. Like I'm not, uh, I'm not like a softy about it or anything like, but there's a, there's a limit to like when you're, you're joking, you're getting something out of it or you're just doing it because you feel like you're, you're tougher than them. Um mm-hmm. Bullies. Yeah, just bullying them. So I go upstairs to the company because I'm not going to wait around. I was just going to immediately go tell my first sergeant, hey, I just cussed out my PSG. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm in trouble. And uh, I see my XO there and one of the other LTs for headquarters because nobody else is in the office. And I'm like, hey, uh, I just told my PSG to go fuck himself. Um Where's first sergeant? And they're like, oh, okay. They didn't because I, they were like, and everybody kept saying it for like weeks afterwards. Like Sergeant Juan is, is like usually very like calm and just not angry. Like what just happened? So everybody's like trying to get to the bottom of this, but, um, the outcome was the respect from the soldiers and the change that that platoon received because of what I did. Granted, I lost my peace status, but I got it back um, like four months later. Um, wow! They sent me. They sent me to a. This sounds like platoon. they had to do like they didn't want to do the admin push, but they had to do the admin push kind of thing. Yeah, they, uh, everybody in that office, uh, was trying to fight for me not getting in trouble, but the commander had lost a court martial and I feel like I was the rebound <laughs> to that. Oh shit. So he lost the court martial against a actually really shitty soldier that was in fact guilty and there's no question about really? it, but, but for some reason, uh, somebody texted him something that was trying to get him to admit guilt. Basically, it was oh, just breaking. No. It was uh, violating the COVID restrictions of quarantine, and he he was posting pictures of like being out at a at a dinner with somebody and all that. And the one text message that turned this like three month case into nothing was somebody saying, I thought quarantine meant stay at home. So they tried to get him to admit guilt and the lawyers just ate that shit up and, and he won. And and it was so crazy that he won, but turns out my reading was the next day. And sure enough, like, Guilty oh as God, charged. <laughs> oh no! So I went to a different yeah, platoon. Just took that one on the chin, huh? 
Yeah, I actually told my first sergeant, I was like, look, man, I'm not even going to try to fight this. Uh, I'm clearly guilty. There was like 40 people well, yeah, outside. I, mean, I, was like, I, was, <laughs> I, I was like, I didn't wait to for you to find out. I came and told you guys. Um, but I was like, I'm not going to sit there and watch somebody treat people like that over and over again. For Like, there's nothing comical about it. Um, you're not building any sort of camaraderie or you're not toughening them up. You actually just made them work less. You're breaking them uh, down. Yeah. Yeah. You're so, breaking oh, down their workflow. You're breaking down their, mon- their mentality, their motivation. I mean, what do you like? Like, I know that uh, at one point in time, um, there are some of our soldiers felt that way about uh, what I was doing. And like, I had to totally revamp my leadership style because of it. Like at some point you got to take responsibility for your accountability for yourself and your actions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never really thought you were that bad. <laughs> I think it was, I, just know, that, was- uh, <laughs> I think it was just the way your, your language, your language was. I think that's just like, nobody could tell if you were angry or not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my wife says that she's like, I don't know if you're serious or if you're joking. And I'm like, everyone says that to me. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying though. Like there's a, there's like a middle line between it, but for this person, this particular person, there was nothing there. Um, and they also tried to, so, you know, people come together and they form these groups and it's usually the PSGs. And I could already see it happening before it happened. So the one thing that they couldn't get over is I'm really good at admin work. And they figured it out, and I didn't want them to figure it out. They moved me to headquarters (laughs) for a little bit, and that PL was very observant. And he was like, how do you know how to use DTMS? He's like, have you done this before? And I was like, it's super simple. And he's like, okay, but have you done it before? And I was like trying to just like redirect, but he figured it out. (laughs) So he's like, you're coming to my platoon when I get a platoon. And when he went to first platoon, I went over there. And that PSG, we ended up becoming very, very good friends after a while. But for the Mm -hmm. first couple months, I could tell it was like, you are trying to get rid of me like because the person that I yelled at is your friend. Um, so a battalion mission comes up where a deco is attached to a line unit to provide support by fire on, you know, like uh, moving vehicles and stuff like that. Yeah. While they conduct a breach, uh, a battle drill six attacking a bunker, like everything. It's a huge slow thing. It's super awesome. All of a sudden, every other, uh, squad leader or section sergeant for that platoon is busy. So it's just me. I went with three different companies. Um, I was out there for multiple days going just back to back iterations And the only thing I did was completely just bust my ass every single iteration. And I got a phone call on day two of like four and they're reading me a counseling saying, I'm going back to the board soon, blah, blah, blah. Like you checked all the blocks. Like we're going to 
keep you like everything. It was, it was like they threw me to the wolves and they wanted to see if I could perform. And the, mm-hmm. the biggest thing about that is they put me in a position higher than what I was when I got fired. Which, which, oh, yeah. yeah. So they were really trying to just set me up to just leave, to fail all well, of that and leave. And, um, I think, I think maybe, you know, that's, that's a good thing too, that they, they, they put you out to the test and then, you know, like it was on you, whether you fucking performed or not, you, you performed or failed, which is, which is a good thing. That's, that's honestly a lot more than what a lot of people get, you know? True, true. Especially for what I did. Um, yeah. I, I got off easy. And I think really. if anybody, you know, if anybody knows you and for the people that are listening that don't know you, like you are one of the hardest working people that I've ever met. Like, you know, all jokes aside, you know, like when, whenever someone brings something up, you, I've never seen you not step up to the plate and just get it done to the best of your ability, you know? So yeah, yeah I, I think, just... uh, jokes on them because they didn't understand. <laughs> no, I just, I just like to do my work and come home to see my family. Like there's, I, I can walk around the office and be like, so happy all day, no matter how much bullshit is happening. But the second that I'm sitting down for more than 30 minutes and nothing is happening and nothing is like coming down like the chain to get something done, I'm so pissed because you're taking time away from me being with my family instead of being productive and like working. And like um, for Sergeant Uribe, he used to kick me out of the office at five o'clock because he would say, hey, you know, it's five o'clock. If you didn't get all your work done, you weren't productive with your time. You could do it again tomorrow. Uh, And I I really liked that about him. He would never let me stay late, even though I was just like, Mm -hmm. oh, I have all these drill packets or this guy wants to go to (laughs) Ranger or whatever. Like, no, he was just like, do it tomorrow. It's like, it's time to go home. Uh, So if we're sitting around not doing anything, it's just not worth it. So this guy becomes our, our first Sergeant. This, uh, this guy of all people, right? Already has the guy that, like, that yeah, is bullying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he kind of calms down, becomes our first sergeant, all this. And then we go to the Philippines and we just have like a bunch of incidents there, like soldiers just acting crazy. Um, getting there was, <laughs> there was a party with the Philippines army there and just some people got way too drunk and belligerent and, Oh no. Uh, and just like the way that he handled these issues, they like stacked up and just kept stacking up. And when we got back, uh, this is what you don't want to happen. Like ever is six soldiers walking into the battalion commander's office to complain about you. And, oh God. and the next day he was gone and there was a huge investigation, everything. Really? We got a new first sergeant, um, 
just like it was a weird time too because you could see the commander walking around and like you know giving up making up projects and stuff like that you could just see like he had no idea what to do and he probably thought he was going to get fired too <laughs> so he's just walking yeah. around the company like hey we should paint this or we should do this and i'm just like sir <laughs> what the fuck like <laughs> you just look like a just like a lost like puppy or something right it's now you, you just look <laughs> yeah. you look terrified trying to find his home because he's <laughs> yeah. not sure if he's about to get kicked out of it yeah um <laughs> and yeah that was you know we've done some really cool training here we've done everything but recently you know and what i was talking about it was your episode 15 it was the last like six minutes what you guys said like seriously like stuck out like really really bad to me was um being able to do your work and like being not hurt you know like being being able to work and like even though you're hurt you gotta still like find something to do not being uh, not being a burden to your unit yeah yes and that's like seriously like been depressing me lately i've never broken anything before and just like I've been trying to keep my humor like as high as possible. Even when I broke my leg, uh, we're breaking contact, which is kind of funny. I think it's ironic because I actually <laughs> broke something. <laughs> you actually broke contact with something. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my, <laughs> my PL fell down and I tried to catch him, but I ended up missing and I ended up just pushing him forward. So he continued to run. And then I don't know my leg, like, you know, I hit this little one foot slope and my leg, like just lagged out, what? dude. It just like disconnected from what the chair of your leg broke. Was it, uh, bottom? it was the tibia and fibia above my ankle bone. Clean snap. Uh, uh, just I think just hairlines. Oh no, they're they both snapped like both of them. Oh, clean breaks. Yeah. Wow. I ha- actually oh, got fuck. three three breaks, but the third bone is something super tiny that they were trying to tell me, but I was drugged up, so I didn't like understand. <laughs> but they were like, "There's nothing to do about it. Uh, it's very tiny. Like it's it's there's nothing to do. It's not going to affect anything really." And uh, so I'm laying there like squirming around for it. I think it was like a good 30 to 40 seconds. I'm like, just like yelling and just like making weird noises and stuff. And then I'm like, after that, the pain kind of just, you know, the adrenaline kicked in, the pain goes away. And I looked at my PL and I started laughing and I was like, I broke my fucking leg, dude. And he's like, he's like, all right, uh, Let's get a medic and all that. And I was like, all right, all right, quit fucking around. I'm going to pick my leg up. And I grab my leg from my shin and I try to, I try to lift my leg up and it pops and my foot just goes limp. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, it's broken. <laughs> so I'm just sitting there laughing. I'm like, yeah, man. I'm like, I can't believe this just happened. 
we only had like five minutes left and it was the last mission too. I mean, I mean, yeah, man, any, anytime you break anytime you get hurt, I should say, or anytime anything happens where you have to step away from your duties, like no matter what, you're going to be disappointed to a certain extent in yourself because now you, you know, it's always, it's always what they tell you, you know, Hey, you know, uh, now someone's got to step up and fill your plate and you know, everyone's got to work harder. And we're told that, you know, from day one. And so like, I mean, I, it, it makes sense why, you know, you, you're feeling down about the situation. I mean, that said, you shouldn't feel down, you know, and like, that's something that I think is one of possibly our sort of toxic traits, but it works for our, our, uh, our job, our career is that everyone's got a piece in this. Everyone's got a part to play and we, we all have to play the part as best we can um, in order to be efficient for each other and to help each other, no matter what, especially when it comes to things like war, you know? And so when, you know, I, I've been hurt plenty of times and then like the whole time I'm hurt, I'm just thinking like, what's everyone doing at work? Like, are they busy? Did I, could I have done something better? Could I have helped them? Can I help them right now? Is there something I can do at home to help, you know? And so it's, it re- I like, I can understand like for sure that it, it really does suck when someone goes down and they're just like, I'm, I feel worthless right now. Like I feel like nothing because I can't, I can't contribute. And, you know, that's just a part of, it's sort of a part of our society. I think a lot of our, of America is walking away from that mentality, but still in the army for sure. Hardcore, especially when you're a good soldier, like maybe like, you know, the 1% of, uh, actual shit bags in the army that like, don't give a shit about anybody else. And they don't care about what happens to them. But like the people that do care and want to do good and want to help the unit and want to be there, like they care about being a burden to the unit. And like, you know, I'm worried about that right now. Like when I'm going to Washington, like I don't want to have to worry about what's going on with my children um, at home uh, and not being able to contribute to the unit. And so it really worries me. And I, I'm already dreading, you know, if it's a possibility that I don't have the family care planned where I can walk up, I'm dreading the conversation I'm going to have to have with the first sergeant, sergeant major, a platoon sergeant, whoever, and be like, I can't contribute to the team. Like I don't have the ability to, and like, I would never choose my family over, or I mean, I would never choose the army over my family, but that is going to sit in my brain that like, like I feel bad. It may, it hurts me. It's, on the inside. Hurts it's my guts. really weird that it like, uh, it like just eats at you, man. Like, like most people would eat this up. Like they would be like, Oh, con leave. Hell yeah. 30 days of doing nothing. Hell yeah. But I'm just sitting here like, and I'm crutching around. I got this little stupid ass scooter that I can't even use because my leg still hurts really bad. Like when I try to use it 
And I'm just like, just constantly getting angry because I'm just not, I'm like sulking, dude. I'm like, I'm like having a pity party in my head for myself. I'm like saying I can't do things when maybe I could, maybe I can't, who cares, you know? But it's just like, I think it's the being you're so close to people every day. You're so close to your soldiers that when you get taken out like that, it's just like a sudden change where now here's, here's your wish. You know, everybody wants to be home with their families. Well, there you go. You're home with your family, but, but now you're not working. So now you're not killing any in between time. So you're just sitting there and you're just thinking about everything over and over again. And I like just going haywire when you're at home. And I, I, I'm already medicated. Give me, um, give me like, five, 10 minutes. I have to go talk to my son. Okay. Uh, and then don't worry. I'll edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Keep your, keep your thoughts on brain. Cause, uh, uh I don't want to miss this conversation. Okay. Hey, I'm back. Fuck. You scared me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, uh, I, I let my, we got a neighborhood uh, friend that lives like two houses down. And so I let the kids go over there and play. And uh, my daughter was like running around like by herself. And she's like four. So it was like, oh, where's your brother at? You know, I had to go talk to them. Anyways. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, like it is, it's. It is a depressing feeling when you feel like you're not giving, uh, when essentially when you're at home and you know that everything else is going on and it makes you feel like you should be there. Like you, you, you need to be there. There's, there's something you can do. There's something I got to do. I got to do something in it, man. It's, it drags you down to the deepest, darkest depths. Plus an injury like that, uh, puts a lot of weight on your brain. Like, uh, like when there's like, um, this medical study out there, but talks about how like major injuries cause depression, uh, for many different reasons. But one of them is like the healing process puts your brain in depressive state so that you don't want to move. Essentially, you don't want to get up and go do things and be happy and excited. It makes you feel depressed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know, uh, when I had the cast on before they did the surgery, I was already like, I already feel like, like I was just like, I'm sad going up the stairs and everything because of how I have to get up the stairs. I'm just like sitting on my ass, crawling up one stair at a time. And I'm just like, this is freaking pathetic. And then I get up there and I'm like, I tell my wife, Hey, I'm going to take a shower by myself. I'm good. Like I figured it out. And the first day I tried to do that, I almost fell. And I'm pretty sure I like re-injured myself before my surgery. So when I had to go to my checkup at the hospital, um, they had to do a, another dang, I always forget the word reduction So they had to change my splint and they had to tighten it and they had to push my bone back into place again. Uh. 
and they had to do it twice. So the first splint that they did, uh-huh. it was still out of place. And I'm already angry because I'm thinking in my head, like I did this to myself because I was too stubborn to ask for help. Um, so the doctor comes up to me and he's like, Hey, the bone is still out of place a little bit. Um, you're still going to have surgery, but we could get it better so that the bone heals better. Um, it's up to you. And I'm just mad. And I just look at him and I'm like, I'm already here. Just do whatever you want. Like I'm already like in pain. So, I mean, if every time you guys have done this, it hurts really bad, but you know, I get over it. So he takes me to the room again and they set everything up and they're like, uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna at least numb you up a little bit for this one. But that, that shit does not help. I don't know if you've seen a reduction, dude, where they push your bone back into place and form the spleen, oh. but it is is still pretty barbaric for where we are in uh, me- modern medicine. Uh, mm. But the the officer that came in, he's the one that was in the ER with me, and we just had a lot of laughs in there because I was just completely drugged up and I'm just like, you know, my humor is just a lot better than the other kid that was in there with a broken leg. That kid was just not having a good time. Um, but yeah, we had a lot of jokes. So he remembered me very quickly and while they're doing this reduction, just pushing my bones together and just squeezing the absolute crap out of my leg, I'm just like looking at this guy and he's like, all right, man, like last one, uh, we're going to do like we did in the ER. And I was like, all right, man, just go for it. And he picks his knee up and I'm like, no, not the fucking knee. And, uh, so what he does <laughs> is he, uh, puts his knee against the side of my ankle and he pulls my leg towards his knee uh, really hard. So I'm just there like <laughs> grabbing, <laughs> I'm just there grabbing onto the, the, uh, the bed that I'm on. The, there's, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's two brand new soldiers, uh, brand new privates watching their first reduction just like they look more scared than I, uh, than I am mortified. And I'm just there, like, just like grunting, like really loud, just like grimacing. And then I look at him and I'm like, yep, that's about it. It looks good. Doc. Um, I'm like, I'm fucking out of here, man. (laughs) I was like, I, I do not want to do that again. So I'm going to be extra cautious. And, uh, yeah, I just walk out of the room and I got my driver there and he's just looking at me and I'm like, did you hear me screaming? He's like, no, these are thick walls. I'm like, good. Because it was pretty fucking brutal in there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Shit. But now that I have surgery, I just wear this stupid boot cast around. I just, uh, crutch around. Um, and yeah, I'm just getting more and more like better with the crutches and just trying to stay mobile instead of laying on the couch. I have been playing I mean, some games and stuff. Uh, 
if if my son points at a game or something, I'll play it for as long as he stays entertained. I uh, remember when I was in Alaska, I was going through a lot in Airborne. I had a, a bulging, two two bulging discs, and then uh, that's where I found I had I I got degenerative back disease, which isn't uncommon for the the general soldier. Uh, so I had a lot going on with like my sciatic nerve and, uh, my squad leader at the time, like you can always tell when someone thinks you're fucking sandbagging, right? Like just their demeanor, how they talk to you, that type of stuff. Yes. And so I had, uh, I, I mean, I was injury prone. Like I, I went through wrestling. I was, was injury prone. I, I had a lot of injuries in wrestling and, one of them was a torn AC joint and I had torn it again. And while I was there and, and, uh, the stuff with my back was like continuous. So I had been on profile a couple times. Well, I went to, him, I was like, dude, like, I, I cannot, I cannot do this. Like I cannot do this right now. I can't go on this run. I can't like, there's something wrong with me. I can't hardly, I literally could not stand up without like, needing something to pull myself up and like, you know, so I had all these back issues and, uh, like, uh, he, one day we're, we're just, he's like, all right, well, let's go. Uh, like he's, he's like, I'm going to take the squad out for a lunch and all this bullshit. And, uh, I stand up. Like I'm trying to stand up and I'm like using this, like, I'm like this, uh, it wasn't like a pole. It was like a, it was more like a, like a, a fancy looking like towel rack. And it was like, I don't know. It was, I think it was this there for, for looks because it was in our day room. Yeah. So I'm like standing up and like trying to straighten my back out. And he was like, just really that bad. And I'm like, this is the most excruciating pain I've ever been in. I sit in my car and I cry all the way home because it hurts so bad to sit in my truck, like driving my truck, the truck that I love so much. And I enjoy having, I tear up just thinking about having to go drive this vehicle because of how much pain I'm in. Like my sciatic nerve is like on fire all the way down to my toes. And this was like blowing my mind. Like this, I never knew that you like someone could experience this. So finally they're like wow let's like take you know they they like walked me to uh the pa and they were like take care of this guy and all this stuff and like the whole time i was on profile like all these ncos were like just treating me like shit like you know like they weren't i don't know they weren't openly treating me like shit but it just felt that way because maybe it could have just been my brain but like the way that i was hearing the way that they talked to me, it just felt like they were treating me badly. Like they, they just didn't believe me. They thought I was garbage. They thought, they thought I was lying. I was a profile ranger, that type of stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they walked me down there and, and, uh, I never had a problem with them again since, but I, man, the whole time I was on profile, I just felt like a 
absolute garbage soldier constantly asking myself like why am i i should just get out like i i can't even perform like i can't do anything for the unit like i'm i'm worthless i'm not even infantry like take my blue cord kind of feelings like i was just yeah and and at that time i was pretty new so i didn't really have a you know a mature brain on me to start but yeah and then even then after that i get down here to <clears throat> Uh, up here in North Dakota and I realized that I'm still having these back issues. Like I noticed that they were prevalent throughout my whole time in the army, but like they weren't so bad until I started powerlifting. When I started powerlifting, it got really bad and I had to do some extracurricular activities to take care of it. But I'm better now, but thank God that's not, hopefully that doesn't bother me while I come back into the infantry. But I think I just, I don't, I don't know. I gotta, gotta change something or, or maybe it's just time to move on because I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep up with, you know, 20, 21 year old freaking go-getters. Yeah, dude. I don't know. Um, I think that's, that's one thing that scares me too, is like moving on from what I've been doing already for, eight years is like everybody else. I start getting in my head and thinking like, Hey, there's a lot of people that have made it like 20 years, a a ton of people that made it 20 years. And I don't know a single one of them that doesn't have an injury. Uh, I don't know any of them that don't have back problems or knee problems or anything. And it's like, I don't want to, do that to myself, but also I do enjoy, I, I enjoy my job and I hate it at the same time because I have such a good time, uh, every now and then that like really leaves a lasting impression. And like when I, so I'm moving to my battalion to be the school's NCO. Right. And I took that Mm -hmm. for the first uh, I finally came to like an acceptance of it, but I took that as a, like a huge, like disrespectful, like just slap to the face from my company. And it was never intended that way. It was like a more of like a perception is reality type thing to me, but uh, mm-hmm. I perceived it as like very disrespectful and I got super angry about it. Um, but then I start to think and I'm like, well, I can't do anything, so I'm not bringing anything to the table for this platoon anymore. So I can't be the section sergeant. I can't be the platoon sergeant anymore. Like, uh, I guess I'll I'll go do better things in battalion until I heal because I'm in a job that's not going to really do anything except for make sure people go to schools. Um, but my goal is to like get out of there healthy and just continue what I'm doing and maybe next time not step on little one foot slopes in the dark. Uh, but that kind of stuff happens. You know, it like does. you're just yes. out here trying to be a good soldier and like be all you can be legitimately, like not to be cliche and, you know, freaking cringe, but yeah, you're out here on, you know, doing a live fire or, you know, and, and busting your ass, you know, trying to be 
what many of this generation would call extra. And um, that's what the army needs. They need a bunch of extra human beings that aren't trying to be basic bitches, trying to go above and beyond in their job skills and be great. And so, like, you know, you're just out here trying to be great. You get hurt doing it. And, you know, that doesn't mean that you're, you know, worthless or nothing or you shouldn't do that. It just means that, you know, you, you know, things happen, uh, you know, inconveniences happen. And uh, I, I would attribute this back to um, my wrestling coach in college. He was like, yeah, we don't, you know, this is a, this is a community college. So while we get a lot of uh, high, high athletes that are trying to go to the next level and they're just coming here for their grades and whatnot, a lot of our recruits are like individuals who um, get third in the state, maybe even second in the state. Um, and the only reason that we want those individuals, that we recruit those individuals and we don't actively recruit the, you know, first placers and all that stuff is because it takes more to lose and still come back to win at the end than it does to just win all the way through. And they were like, it shows a lot of character for an individual who lost. It shows that they want to be there and they're willing to sacrifice um, an extra match or two just to get uh, a spot on the podium. And so, like, I put that in a lot of the things that I do in life. Like, I'm having a bit of a setback right now, and I told my wife the other day, I was like, just keep, just literally just keep moving forward. If you take a step back, it's going to hurt a lot worse. You just have to, like, even if you're inching forward, like, it doesn't feel good. It hurts a little bit. Your mentality gets sucked down a little bit. It feels like it's getting dragged out. But as long as you're inching forward, trust me, you're withering down the yardage overall. And so, you know, a lot of what you're saying, like, makes me think back when, you know, I'm going through all these things in my life, but... I've always had to continuously inch forward and just make it through no matter what kind of progress I'm making, just inching forward to make it through. And I like, I, you know, I don't know if you follow tech um, at all, but you know, a lot of what he's gone through is the same concept. You know, he's had two uh, or he had an ACL tear and a uh, he tore his uh, Achilles yeah, and I he saw was in that helicopter crash. He, he like recovered from that and started running like almost ultra distances. I thought it was super cool. Yeah. Like um Yeah. I definitely know that I'll get back from this. The the only see, aside from my family, aside from my family time and my kids, there's nothing about this job that makes me happier than hearing a bunch of machine guns firing and just like <laughs> yelling and just everything's going fucking crazy and people doing breaches and shit. I love explosions. Like there's just something about the whole chaos that happens during symphony of a, chaos. A, just a, a reaction to 
an action to a reaction, like whatever, like a reactive contact. Like once everything starts popping off, I just have this like freakish like grin on my face. And I'm just like, (laughs) I want to fucking like just kill these little fake Ivans and and just like have fun and listen to everything go crazy because like that's where that's what I fucking do this for dude like that's that's it that's the highlight of my day right there aside from going home and seeing my family I did all of that bullshit prior to to get to that position where I can and where I'm at now like I would have to sneak my way up to the firing line instead of coordinating things, you know, send off like five or six shots and then get back to my job. But um, just like watching the dudes maneuver and like get better and better. uh, It's awesome. And that's one thing that I've learned is, and that's when I feel like I actually grew up is when I started to love like teaching um the company like little marksmanship classes here and there and going to the range and helping soldiers that are struggling um i get to thank the uh army marksmanship unit for coming to hawaii and teaching all the ncos like how to how to shoot better and how to be in uh better instructors and stuff like that because it like really set me up uh, for a hobby that I've continued to enjoy. And once I leave Hawaii, I would like to start shooting, uh, competitively and, you know, and I'll get humbled by some old fat dude with a beard, uh, when he (laughs) outshoots me, uh, any day of the week, but I enjoy shooting, so much now that I cannot wait to leave this place so that I can go shoot more. Uh, and you said you're going to possibly like Washington, Washington state, Fort Lewis. Yeah. I'm going to Washington. Yeah. Um, I got to shoot in the I core or one core shooting competition there. And, oh, yeah. and it was awesome. I got to meet the teams from Alaska. Um, teams from like all around uh i-corps and i shot top 16 out of 79 or something individuals and we got top six top six out of the teams there the alaska teams were very good and they were like just really good dudes i learned a lot from them they were not uh hesitant to help other people and it's a competition so you don't really want to be you know like in my eyes you don't want to help your competition but they they made it seem the other way around they weren't like uh jerks about it at all so uh but yeah like once i hit 30 years old i feel like our bodies are just breaking down and something (laughs) something's going on here uh, I, I, I failed ALC on my, on my 30th birthday, uh, because, really? because I flew from Hawaii all the way to New Jersey. No. Indian town gap, wherever that is. Uh, 
think it was Jersey. Indian Town Gap? Yeah, ITG. Uh, so I went over there, and I flew all the way over there, drove all the way to their little guard base there. And they were like, all right, dude, see you tomorrow, 0630 ACFT. I was like, cool. And I already felt like something was wrong with me uh, from sitting that long. But I was like, oh, just stretch. So I stretched and I went to the pull-up bars and I just hung there and tried to decompress my back. And I was like, I'm good. I went up to the, uh, the deadlift and... I like pinched a nerve and oh god could like barely walk through your back out yeah dude like right there on the freaking warm up I turned around and looked at oh the my guy god. I know no. it was hilarious I turned around and looked at the guy behind me and I was like I just hurt myself and he's like what and I was like <laughs> And I'm so just hurt myself. I'm just I'm just so non nonchalant about it. I'm just looking at him. I'm like, I just hurt my fucking back, man. So I like try to walk away and I'm like stuttering, like I can't walk properly. And I'm like, I'm just gonna walk around in circles and like it'll go away. Maybe I just like went too fast. And I'm like walking and almost crying. And I'm like, why does this hurt so bad? And, and I go up, it's test time, dude. And I'm like, I'm looking at the the dudes there. I'm like, I'm not fucking leaving, dude. (laughs) I was like, I'm going up there. I'm not fucking leaving. (laughs) Yeah. I just tried to wolf of wall street, that shit. And I walk up to the bar. I go to the lowest weight they have there. And I look at the instructor and I try to bend down and I stop and I look at him and I'm like, I hurt myself. And he's like, when? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, like five minutes ago. And he's like, uh, I'll go see the medic. And I go see the medic and they had to take me to their little hospital. And they're oh like, they're like, yeah, you're not gonna like, you're gonna have to med drop. And here's where I should have just accepted this. I, I told them, I'm not leaving. I just flew like almost 18 hours to get here. I ain't leaving. And they're like, sign this counseling. You're doing land nav tomorrow. Are you going to be okay? You're going to get checked by the medic before you go. And I'm like, yeah, man. Blah, blah, blah. Just talking out of my ass in extreme pain. (laughs) I go to land nav and I'm like taking forever to lay on the floor, get my map and everything, blah, my points. And then I go for a little walk and I'm just immediately humbled by their entire course is on the side of a ridge line. Oh my God. I got two points, fell in the woods, hit my back on a rock, laid there. I laid there for 30 seconds and I just like stared at the top of the trees and I was like, I fucking hate this. I got up and I just walked back and then I never made it back. I never made it back in time. And then I did the retest and sure enough, my points were at the top of the ridge line again, but this time, my God, this time four of five of them are on the ridge line. So I got one of my points 
and then I sat up on their little eagle watch area for a little bit. And then I was just like, here's where I was kind of pissed off. They're supposed to be doing their jobs. They're supposed to be roaming around and driving the routes, right? Well, I was sitting there for hours just wasting time until somebody picked me up. They didn't pick me up till the course was complete. Like, oh my God. So they weren't doing their routes. They weren't doing their jobs. I was just like, you know, I already failed. Just come fucking grab me. I don't have my phone, whatever. So fucking uh, that's just fucked up. I go, yeah, I go. I come back to Hawaii. They're like, how'd you fail land nav? I'm like, I didn't fucking fail land nav. I couldn't do it, you dicks. And then, like, they're, <laughs> they're like, yeah, you're going to have to, you know, do land nav again before we could send you back. And I was like, I'm not doing it again. I don't give a shit. And then I just went through this, like, spiral of, like, I was having an attitude problem for, like, a month because I was just pissed off at myself. And then yeah. I, I healed up. The funny thing about Hawaii Medical here is, like, they just don't have appointments, like, readily available. They wanted to see me two months after my injury. I showed up to physical therapy two months later, uh, and I was already feeling like I was 100% better. And they're, like, talking to me like they're about to start therapy. And I'm just like, can you cancel my profile? I'm like, why are you, like... Do you know how long it's been since I got injured? And and this PA guy is like reading emails and shit while talking to me. I'm like, you don't fucking care about your job. Like, cancel my profile and let me go back to work. So I go back. Yeah. And then they get me another ALC slot. I go over there. And this is the best part. I love how these things happen to me because they're so like iconic to me is if you look at my 1610 for ALC, um, my grade point average, my GPA and my remarks and my gradings uh, scheme is all high enough for honor grad. But all it says is met standard. Because because I was an academic drop and not a med board. So it's hilarious if you look at it because it's like, why is this dude not commandants or above? And it's just yeah. like, it's a great storyteller. Because <laughs> 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 all it says is met standard on there. And it's way above what uh, met standard is required. Um, oh, my God. So it's good. It's all good. Good, oh, fun dude. and games to me. The unit knows me. The battalion knows me. So my sergeant major did not get mad at me. Uh, nobody was mad at me. That's that's the thing. If you do your job and do your job well, these hiccups won't affect your career. But if I was anybody else shitbagging it all the time and that happened to you in ALC, you you're getting fired for sure. Oh yeah. Um, 100%. You're getting moved. Somebody's going to fucking scream at you. But to me, it was just like, damn man, you turned 30 and you fucked your back up. Huh? And I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I, and just everything about it is hilarious now because it was my birthday. I failed on my birthday 
And then I was just like, I don't drink. I'm going to this bar that's right outside the gate. Got super drunk. And on the other side of the restaurant, they were playing, um, what's that, guessing game? Uh, the one with the, the cards on your head? No, they're like, I... You got to like guess the actors of like movies or whatever, something like that. Trivia. Like trivia. Sort of I'm oh, trivia. Dumb. Yeah. Um, they're playing trivia and I'm just yelling out like very bad answers like that are just not <laughs> even accurate at all. And the guys that were with me, I <laughs> I gathered all of the guys that failed that nav and I was like, we're going to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a table full of failures and then one guy there that passed my roommate and I was like imagine passing what a loser everybody else there is just, <laughs> just drunk and sad <laughs> oh shit that sucks Hawaii's been oh, a trip but it's been quite the ride. I'm done with it, though. I just need to go somewhere else and go to Washington. It's. <laughs> Are you in your uh, marketplace window? You know, you know what's funny about me is I never pay attention to those things, so I don't even know when it opens up. Uh, all I know is I got ten more months of KD time, and that's about it. That's all I pay um, attention to. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty worried about showing up to a new unit and being like, hey, I'm basically worthless to you, so what are you going to do about it? Yeah. That, I don't know how that's going to turn out because I don't have the safe. Like, here, everybody here knows me. Like, I, I got to... I really like my command right now. I I got a, a pretty good officer. I got a great first sergeant, great sergeant major. From what I know about the lieutenant colonel, she's pretty awesome. And uh, uh, our major is pretty awesome. He was in charge of us before that. Um, my station commander is great. And so if I did anything, like they would know, like, you know, it, it, same same situation where, you know, if I had a hiccup, they would know, like, it's not a normal thing. Like, it's just, it's ab abnormal for me to have a hiccup. And so, um, I don't have, like, a safety net. So, I, yeah, I'm pretty worried about going there. And, like, I have to basically plead my case and be like, hey, look, I'm not a shitbag, I promise. But I don't know if I can contribute to the level that I want to. I think you're just doing what we've been talking about this whole time is you're just like diving into your head and you're just, you're, yeah. you're making it like seem really bad. But from what I know and from what I like saw since I got to Carson is like, you're, you're extremely smart and you know your shit. So it's not going to like affect you. Um, I don't think I've ever had anybody call me smart before. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the greatest comment or compliment I've ever had. I appreciate that because no one I've ever talked to ever has ever called me smart. I just so he's like, I, no, you're a I, fucking idiot. I but know you get that. Her done, huh? I know that for a fact <laughs> because I've seen like 
I've seen you work at Carson and I've also seen the things that you've answered there. And I was just like, we see you are a corporal as a specialist and the things you were answering were probably like basic knowledge. And I was still like, not comprehending what the fuck you just said. Um, but no, like, <laughs> no, nah, you're very smart. You're going to be fine. It's just one of those things where it's like, that's, that's the hard part about this job is change. Change is very hard here because we get so like the camaraderie and the small groups like that we're in all the time. Like our, our company at Carson was huge. If you think about it, yeah, like, it, was. it was huge, but we never really like branched out too far away from the platoon. So you're always like, you're always working with those guys. You're always like just mm -hmm. building like rapport with them. And then you get like, it turns into just a family like type environment where it's like, you got leaders, you got work from play basically. And, and just like you grow together and it, I thought, like it was really cool. My guys did something for me the other day. Um, they had a little beach gathering and stuff because like, like I said, like I got moved from my company. I haven't even started in my new area yet, but uh, mm -hmm. they had a little beach gathering and they got me a plaque and everything. And it was just like, it was really fun. And it was really cool. Like to see that. That's like, awesome. like they would do something really for awesome. you. It's like family. Uh, they treat it as such. But the thing that affects me the most is after I got my plaque and said my little speech and everything, I looked at uh, the squad leader and my PL and I was like, this sucks. I'm going to cry. I got to leave. <laughs> so they, uh, I was like, I was like, can you help me get to my car? Uh, to carry my plaque. Oh, fuck. Yeah, because I'm I'm like all in crutches and I can't carry my plaque. No, can you? Fuck. So that's rough. Yeah, but just I thought it was like super awesome. It's things like that that like makes it a little bit easier. But then you gotta understand like there's change coming, so now you gotta move on and go rinse and repeat. Just. Dude, just keep doing what you're doing. Be, be the good leader that you want to be, and take every, every bad action that you see, and make sure you never recreate them. Yeah, I'm doing my best to not get sucked down and spiral downwards about it. I'm like really trying to be like, you know, maybe Sergeant Major or the first Sergeant will like see like a half worth. And that I could work elsewhere. Maybe my situation will fit better there. Um, or may, maybe I fix my own situation on the way there and I make it easier on myself. Uh, I just don't know yet. It's like so unknown for like the three next three months. Plus, we're trying to sell the house in Carson. And, and so it's just, there's a lot of different things that are just affecting me at one time and that thought of moving to this next place is sitting in the back of my mind and like i know that 
like I definitely need to get back into running and all this stuff. And it's partially why I joined CrossFit so I could just get used to suffering again. And, um, I mean, I went to, uh, I've been trying to like run here and there and I don't have all the time in the world right now. And this week I freaking wasn't able to go. I only got to go to the gym once. And so like now at the end of the week, of course, I'm just like, you freaking turd. You didn't go to the gym. You're going to arrive and I'm like spiraling downwards, just thinking about like not, you know, arriving at Washington, just a, a blob and not being a being worthless blob and all this shit. And I'm like, God damn it. Pick yourself up and, and do better. And so I keep, I keep getting in this weird situation where like, I'm either, not sticking to my goals or I'm not sticking to my, uh, like my gym time, my schedule and stuff like that. And it pisses me off when I do that stuff. So it ended up making me spiral for like, I don't know, two hours about it. And then I fucking get sucked out of it. And I'm like, okay, just, just move forward an inch, just move forward an inch fucking. It's a little rough right now, but I'm, I'm very, I, I am optimistic in the fact that like, you know, the army is not like it used to be, uh, when I first joined, like when I joined, like if I went to my sergeant major and was like, Hey, I got all these problems. Can you help me? You know, like, I'd think that they'd probably light me on fire and they'd be like, fuck you shitbag, pushing <laughs> out of the army. But you know, now it seems like the army's changed so much that there are, more good leaders walking into the position now, especially that, you know, people aren't just like getting the position because they're good at PT. Like it really does feel like people are getting fast tracked based off their merit and their, their leadership now. Yeah. I, I see that a lot. Um, you know, uh, so what you were saying, I think about that a lot because I think it's kind of interesting how we as humans have the right answers, but we don't do it, which, which yes. like what? And then you start thinking about what is causing me to not do it. So like, for instance, like Carson, I sucked at running really bad mm. why did i not start running until my second year there when i was already about to leave and i think it's like the initial like pain and suffering that you have to endure to become good at running is just mm -hmm. like i'd rather i'd rather play <laughs> video games I'd rather eat, <laughs> I'd rather eat this hamburger or I'd rather go get pizza or just, we create these variables ourselves and it turns into a, a, just like a pool of like, you can have running in the middle, which is the end goal, the real goal that you want. And then you have everything else like revolving around it. And it just like interests me how like the human brain in almost everybody can do that until something happens that changes all of it. And 
my something in my career, my career saver and what like caused me to track faster and to mature a little bit was getting in trouble, was standing up for my soldiers, getting in trouble and getting put into a position where they snatched away my ability to lead soldiers and put me in a corner for a couple months and just said, sit, like sit there and work in headquarters. That taking away that ability, which I never knew uh, for a long time, that being a leader is super uh, rewarding in itself and not like really paper wise and all that stuff. It's just like the things, the feeling that you get of watching soldiers progress because of you is awesome. And uh, mo- them taking that away from me because I got in trouble caused me to be more uh, professional about how I am like vocal. Um, if I need something fixed, I fix it more professionally now instead of cussing. Uh, if there's mm-hmm. a problem that needs to be fixed, it taught me that I can solve more than more than you actually believe you can do at any given rank if you just branch out and uh, network with other people. It became it, it got to the point where my PSU would tell me like I barely have to do anything because you're doing everything for us. Um, and it would, and he's a very hard worker. Uh, so it would, it would take me like just constantly bothering him at the motor pool to give me the tool that he's using, or he would be working himself on the Humvees, which I respected a lot, but it's just like, you don't, that's not your job anymore. Um, there's some boring tracker you got to go fix, uh, But it was just like, it took me getting in trouble to realize that I could handle a lot more than what I thought, uh, you know, just the E5 could do. And it it made me more professional. Um, I'm kind of ranting or rambling over here. What I was getting at is like, I think the human brain is very interesting how we cause all of these variables when the end goal is right there and we know what to do to get it. Mm -hmm. But. Well, I, you know, I, whenever we were in second platoon and, you know, our platoon sergeant was, uh, made some pretty questionable decisions, said some questionable things to us at times, but the guy actually mentored me to be a better leader. So like there's things I really don't like about him, but the guy took his time and um, he helped me in on some pretty necessary areas because for a while I was a very immature leader and I didn't like, I might've known things, but I didn't know how to, um, I, I didn't know how to influence people very well other than, what we all know the army is about, right? So, you know, smoking people and yelling and cussing and all that noise. Instead, he showed me like, um, 
how to manipulate uh, situations in order to help everybody that's surrounding me learn or grow or help them get something out of it and in turn influence them to uh, work harder and um, get more out of the situation, essentially. So, like, for instance, nobody likes going to the motor pool and getting the friggin' Bradleys done. But he was like, manipulate the externals that are causing you your problems and that are out of your controls in order to help everybody that's surrounding you, like your soldiers, so that they're motivated to get the job done. And so, you know, I would try to, <laughs> I would try to manipulate the, the damn mechanics and, you know, get a, get our Bradley in the bay and stuff like that. And what I found was like, it's not really, that's not necessarily, I'm not being a manipulator out there. I'm resourcing in order to make the situation better for everybody else that's surrounding me. So while all these other, while the other sections having a problem getting their Bradley in the bay, I was helping, you know, another platoon get their Bradley done so that we could get our Bradley in the bay faster and then get our stuff done. And we would be done way faster than everybody else. And there are, you know, when I bring it to the platoon, so I'm like, all right, all our stuff's done. We're going to go help the other section get their stuff done. You know, that type of stuff. Like I learned that. And I would say a very roundabout way. No one taught me that when I was in Alaska. And when I arrived here, you know, I had, I don't know if you know who Elder is, but he kind of brought an iron fist to me and basically sat up and told me to stop being a little shit bag and be better. And I did, but I already knew that to stuff like I, you're right. Like I, I had that in my brain. I just didn't know how to uh, implement it in my life. Right. Like we all know that we should be going to the gym or being suffering some sort of way and like do something active. But I think we also get in our heads. Like when we get to that point, we're like, yeah, I want to do this. Some of us honestly just don't know how to do it. Like, like when I first joined the army, I was going to the gym, but I didn't know how to go to the gym productively. I was just going there and lifting weights, you know, doing three by tens and, I was just ego lifting and being a fucking meathead. And, you know, 10 years later, I'm, I'm going to CrossFit for the benefit of just, just to feel like shit for an hour. And it makes me happy. <laughs> it, it honestly just makes me happy getting beat up for an hour. Like it makes me feel like I'm out in the field again and I'm just running with this platoon. That's what it really does feel like. And it makes me fucking somewhat happy. Um, but like, it's things like that. Like I wouldn't, I, you know, I take my health a lot more seriously. Like I'm way bit, I'm bigger than I was before because I did powerlifting and I kind of hate that I did it uh, just because like it took me out of the element of what being an infantryman is. And now I have to reintroduce myself into that. Uh, so I have to do all the hard stuff over again. And now I'm just heavier doing it. But it is what it is. Like, I made that decision myself. And now I know how to do it. Like, now I know, like, okay, when I go on a run, like, I know how to run. Like, I know how I need to run to get back. I know, like, how much I need to run per week in order to get back to this, to progress, to be, you know, doing 25 uh, miles a week or so. And then on top of that, like, going to the CrossFit gym, like, 
there's a functional fitness part to it that makes me feel not only good, but like getting my body back in that mentality of just, you know, holding a freaking saw up for an hour running through a lane or whatever we're doing. And then on top of that, getting my mind back right and getting back in that mindset of infantry and, and relearning things because things have been changing over the last three years. And, and so there's a lot to it, but like, you're right. Like we humans know that they need to do it. Most times they just don't know how to do it. It's a nice thing about aging, I guess, is you become more wise in that sense. I'm only, I'm 30 years old. Like, it's not like I'm like this, you know, fucking 900 year old elf. Like I'm not <laughs> out here fucking spitting off the world's wisdom, but like, I do know how to do things in order to be better, to better myself. Whereas like a, you know, 18 year old kid, they might be going to the gym, but they don't even know why they're going to the gym. They just think that aesthetically, like the gym makes you gym, make me look better for female or whatever the fuck <laughs> right but like in reality like they could be doing something that's totally detrimental to their health while they're at the gym they don't know how to effectively hit the gym they don't even know what functional fitness might mean or how to take their health seriously they'd be going to fucking chick-fil-a getting them goddamn peach milkshakes and shit oh they have those so <laughs> yeah i haven't yeah i haven't got, had chick-fil-a yo. in uh years <laughs> They, I haven't had Chick-fil-A in like a whole year. They barely opened one here like I think earlier this year. Now they have two. Uh, That's crazy. The line was just insane. Oh, I bet. Look out for that moldy bread. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Is it on post or is it off post? Oh, Chick-fil-A off post. See, no, you got to limit that to just the soldiers, and the line won't be so long. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like I said, we don't really even go anywhere anymore. This place is getting way too, like, unlivable for, for the military. And it's not just me. Like, I thought it was just me. I was talking to my friend yesterday, and I was like, am I just fucking poor or is like everybody out here just struggling right now? And I read it on like the Schofield pages and stuff like that too. And they're just, everybody's saying the same thing. And my buddy too, uh, he's just like, no man, like things are just getting just freakishly expensive here. Like milk's like almost $6 a gallon here. Um, Jesus. Uh, that's usually just the main thing that I got to point out is the milk. The eggs, the eggs are expensive. They were actually worse. It was like 60 eggs for like 30 bucks at one point. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. You said, you said it was $60 60 for eggs. 30 eggs? 60 eggs for $30. Oh. Still, yeah. 50 cents an egg? God damn, that's an expensive egg. Yeah, so people got to, like, go out of their way to go to these little, like, farmer markets and, like, all kinds of other stuff to oh to get these eggs for cheaper and all that. And I'm like, I'm not doing that shit. I'm going to Sam's Club, and I'm going to the commissary, and I'm going home. <laughs> and, uh, I'm not going to lie. I like a good farmer's market. Yeah. I love a good farmer's market. Except they're always the open at really inconvenient times. 
for here. So it's always open here at like really inconvenient times where, and especially because it's like an hour away from me because it's all the way in like Fuck. the the little touristy area here. Mm. Oh, that's the thing. So like the island just takes advantage of tourist spots because uh, I mean more money for them, you know. Uh, so mm-hmm. you could get like there's a lot of poke here. It's just like fish and stuff. You could get it on Post mm-hmm. or Foodland or whatever. It's like ten bucks or something for like half a pound. You go to Waikiki or some shit. It's like twenty five dollars for like not half a pound, <laughs> like less than that. And uh, what? Yeah, so it's like double the price Damn. if you're just if you drive to the other side of the island, the Waikiki area is the touristy spot. So and you're saying if I visit, I need to go to the other side of the island. If you, to get all the cheap yeah, shit. if you visit, if you ever come to Hawaii, don't go to the touristy spots because then you're just gonna you're gonna spend so much money. Um, there's tons of food trucks and stuff like that that you can find out in the middle of nowhere that are just amazing and not near the tourist area because they know that that shit's boring. Um, But yeah. I went to Disneyland and it was dumb expensive. Oh, we haven't haven't been there yet. Fucking don't go. (laughs) Probably never. Save yourself. Probably never make enough money to go there. Maybe. Oh, you will. Maybe one you day. Will. It's dude. It is it the drive was expensive? The because uh, like in parts of California, it's like six bucks a gallon. Holy shit! It's insane. It's like four something yeah, here. And then uh, and you get there, food is super expensive, and then. I, that's the, honestly, that's the main part. Like getting in, like the tickets really weren't that expensive. They, it was pretty nice. You got, you know, you could hop between the two California adventure and uh, Disneyland, which was really cool. Like both of them were really amazing. California adventure had like Marvel and all that shit. And then, and then you had um, uh, Disneyland and Disneyland, you know, had all the Disney characters and it was just, it was altogether really awesome. And Disneyland had, uh, um, man, they got the Star Wars stuff there, and it really does look like you're in the movie. It was pretty sick, uh, the amount of work that they put into that. But, like, man, the food was so god-awfully expensive. And then, you know, I'm feeding uh, three adults and three kids every day. Um, it was just... It was a lot. It was a lot. That doesn't sound very uh, exciting. That doesn't sound very happy. It wasn't wasn't (laughs) an exciting time for me. I was just stressed out the whole time. The kids are having the time of their lives, and you're over there like, fuck. (laughs) Oh, Alyssa Alyssa and the kids were just loving it, and I'm over there on the side. Like, I was – 
a peasant and a servant. Like <laughs> I legitimately was just pushing the stroller the whole time. I was a nobody to everybody. Like I'm just this big guy that lugs around all the stuff and I push around kids and like, it was just, it was enough. Like I, every day I left the park, like absolutely livid and, I, I really wanted the kids to have a good time, so I didn't want to tell them no on too many things. And <laughs> it was just tough. Like when we left the park, I was so happy. I was like, thank God. Like, it's like the opposite reaction. Yeah, they were all sad. <laughs> yeah, they were all sad. I was like, thank fucking God we're leaving this goddamn place. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was sort of expensive. Yeah, if you uh, the serving serving sizes here are pretty freaking massive too. At like any like L and L like Hawaiian barbecue or anything like that, right? Oh, we really? we learned that pretty pretty early on. I was like, why is every meal like over twenty bucks for us uh, when it's just one plate? And then we started to realize, oh, this plate is for like somebody that's like four times our size 400 pounds yeah <laughs> like so so uh we started like instead of buying multiple things like most of the time we just buy one and we're like yeah that's gonna be enough for breakfast and lunch or <laughs> lunch and dinner yeah. oh my god uh that's amazing yeah man it's been it's been awesome. I'm ready to leave. I need to go somewhere where they actually sell guns without giving you a problem. Uh, <laughs> you were telling me about that. Yeah, this place is ridiculous about it. I went to a gun store and I was like, hey, uh, what's the process here? And then they're like, oh, you blah, 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 blah. Sign this paper. You got to go to the police station, set up an appointment, all this other shit. Oh, my I'm God. Just like, what the fuck, man? I just want to buy a gun. Like... I get the background check part and all that, but like, why do I got to go to the police station? Why do they have to bless off on it? Uh, if you're doing a background check already and like, and I've already heard like the police station here is pretty corrupt about it and they'll like sell appointments to other people. And if you're not a local here, you're, if you don't already own the firearm, you're going to have issues and I've read about people having issues or being denied for no reason and having to get a lawyer because they're just, like, unfair about it. And then to even shoot at ranges here, it's like a pain in the ass, too, in itself. And most of the time, some of the outdoor ranges aren't even open. So, And there's no competitions here. Oh. They're all in uh, – well, they were in Maui. I don't know if they're having them right now. And you would have to fly there early as hell, sleep in your car for like an hour before they even open. So, yeah, it's not worth it here. But, that sounds horrific. Yeah, when I leave, though, start shooting in uh, some little competitions and oh, yeah. humbled by the older folks. Just so everybody knows, uh, when me and Juan as uh, first started working together. Uh, I don't think we were on very good terms there for a while. I still remember yes. exactly what Ferris. happened to <laughs> very, uh, not, 
not fun situation between him. I mean, we were pretty close to throwing hands. I feel like we, I mean, we were both pretty fucking pissed off. Um, and, and then like, it was so funny. Cause what, what was it like a, a year or so later, we're like talking about the situation and like sort of apologizing to each other. And then we come, come to find out like we were both just like, having a fucking bad time <laughs> at, at the same time. And we just caught each other at a bad moment and yeah, fucking silly. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. And then everything like, I feel like after that, like, and whenever we went through our rotation, everything got, I don't know, in my head, like, Others would tell you different, but in my head, everything was like just so nice for a while. Uh, especially, you know, when we got um, uh, that new our new first sergeant, uh, first sergeant Chubb. Can't Chubb. remember his name. Yes, Chubb, first sergeant Chubb, Captain Coleman. Those two were just man; they were OP. Man, yeah, Captain Coleman was freaking hilarious. Dude, that guy was so, he was so cool, but he was just, he was just hilarious, man. (laughs) (laughs) One time he asked me to come to his track to set up his radios. I'm in there and I'm like, they're already set up. And he's like, I can't hear anybody. And I'm like, you got to turn it, you got to turn it on, basically. (laughs) And he's like, okay, (laughs) <laughs> I'm just sitting there like this can't be real. This isn't a real situation. This is you're testing me. I get it. He's like, no, I really. He's like, I, you know, he's just such a humble guy. He's like, he's like, no, I really didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I'm like, okay, don't tell anybody that. You know, <laughs> every time I would drive him to uh, K and B, uh. I would look at him and I would be like, can we go to McDonald's? And he's like, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And he would. He's such a, I've never heard that guy be mean before. He would get the same thing every time too. And and like, dude, he was just always like, yeah, we got to be quick though. We would just go through, he would get the same thing and then we would get over there, but he never said no. I would (laughs) ask every single time. He never said no. And I thought it was hilarious. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. He was so, I never, ever, ever seen him raise his voice ever. No, me neither. Anytime. And not even at the PLs, you know, you got, uh, the, our XO at the time. I can't remember that guy's name. Uh, you know, yelling at PLs and whatnot and private. Lieutenant McNutt. You know, there's Captain Coleman over there just having a conversation with private so-and-so about, you know, just his daily life and, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, I forgot, uh, uh, I forgot his name. Was it, uh, Sergeant Lee? I don't want to be like, uh, yeah, Quan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my first interaction with First Sergeant Chubb in Kuwait. Is he's like getting after me because I spell his name? I spelled his name wrong on a ro- on a on a roster for something, 
And I like look at this who? guy. Who, wait, who's getting after you, Chuck? Yeah, he's getting after me because okay. I spelled Sergeant <laughs> Lee's first name wrong on this roster. And I look at him, and this is my first impression on this guy. Is I look at him and I'm like, I spelled it how you put it on your roster. And he just looked at me like he wanted to fucking just choke slam me. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, I used your tracker to spell his name. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> so, so his first impression of me is I'm a smart ass. And I, I don't know. He was just like, he was so like stern to me. Like, uh, and when I left, he was like, uh, just call him. And I didn't mean this in a bad way. I just, it just came out like, uh, it was not like how I intended to say it. But he's like, good luck in Hawaii. If you need anything, just call me. And I was like, I won't, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and i stopped and i looked at him and i was like not in a rude way i just wouldn't want to bother you but i was just like god i gotta fucking leave like and i just walked out like so fast <laughs> so my, that was my first and last impression i left on on him which he probably would never remember but i remember everything so yeah, I. Yeah, those two were were the best command that I had there, for sure. Just because I, I don't know, Chubb dragged a lot of motivation out of people. Like he 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 really got a, the company motivated, and he didn't really like talk to us like that. He never had a speech to motivate us or anything. He just I don't know his demeanor motivated people. And Captain Coleman, he was just, I mean, the guy just knew his shit, but he was just so nice about it. He's like, all right, go ahead and go kill those guys up there, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, um, on the way, please. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, uh, and it it really, it, it was a breath of fresh air from... Uh, what we had before that. I I liked Uribe. Don't get me wrong, but he didn't have a f- wife and kids, so we were out in the field all the time. I still think he is the most interesting person I've ever met in the army. Oh, and the best very interesting part about individual. it was he was my drill sergeant. So <laughs> he got to see the start of my career and the the middle of my career and it was just like I don't know it's very interesting person like there's nothing that didn't like impress me about like his will to do something that he put his mind to uh, well he was uh, he had to have had like a I don't know. He was kind of socially awkward. Yeah. You can read about, um, like I always wondered why he didn't drink soda and stuff like that, or why he ate so healthy, why he was such a healthy individual. And, uh, I read about, uh, his story on this website that his brother-in-law does because he's a writer. 
And mm-hmm. it was because he watched his, his father not take care of himself for so long that it ended up like, you know, being the, the end of his life. Um, and he swore to like, never let that happen to himself. So that's why he was so strict on, it said he had like never hadn't drink a soda in like 16 years and why he was so strict on his eating and stuff like that was because he wow. wanted to make sure that he didn't, uh, it didn't happen to him as well. Uh, he's such a, he, he was, he, I mean, he's probably the nicest first sergeant I've ever had. I mean, just very like he would never uh, like if he had to talk at you, he would talk at you, you know, but he was just assertive. Like he would he he wouldn't like yell. He never. I think I've ever seen him yell. I did see him yell at one person one time. That was when we were all in Germany and we everybody had gotten a bunch of people had gotten drunk and he was out there and some people were laughing in formation. Uh, while we're waiting, he's like, oh, you're laughing? A soldier could be out there dead alone right now, blah, blah. You know, that's the only time I ever seen him yell. Um, and then uh, Die came stumbling in drunk, uh, literally taxi, like skirts right up next to that formation. He gets out and stumbles all the way into formation. And he calls the company to attention like it was <laughs> it was silly, but he was so pissed. <laughs> Like at one point, one of our soldiers pissed on the back of somebody's legs in formation. Like it was, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was bad. And he was pissed, but that's the only time I've ever seen a good man. I remember one time I was late to work because Alyssa, I had to take the kids to a babysitter and Alyssa had, uh, didn't leave me the car seats. So I can put these car seats in my truck. And so I, I texted Akana and I was like, Hey, I can't like, I literally don't have any means to do anything right now. Like I'm stuck. And he was like, okay. And then like 10 minutes later, he's like, Hey, first time I want to talk to you when you get here. And I'm like, fuck dude, like, that quick. You dime me out. You can just like tell him like I had something like, come on, dude. So then, uh, so then I get to work and, I got like I'm waiting all day to talk to First Sergeant Uribe, and finally I catch him in the hallway. I'm like, First Sergeant, you wanted to talk to me? I, I know I was late today, and he was like, Oh yeah, like are you okay? And I'm like, What? <laughs> He's like, Yeah, you all right? They, they say you got you had a family issue going on. I'm like, Yeah, my wife took the car seats this morning and didn't leave them for me, so I couldn't put them in my truck, and uh, I, I was late to work, and I so I texted. Sarnakana and I couldn't make the work. And then he said I had to come talk to you. And he was like, Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure that you're all right. Your family is doing okay. Like, glad your kids, you know, glad you got your kids to babysit and everything like that. Uh yeah, man. If you ever need anything, let me know. Um I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> What's happening right now? Like I thought I was gonna get, you know, verbally beat up, but you know, the guy was just he wanted, he didn't have that kind of bone in his body. He was just a very assertive person, like if you need something or like, if he needed something for you, he's like, Hey, I need this, this time, blah, blah, blah. And like, do it, do it. Exactly. You know, uh, and then he would walk away. When he told me I was going to the board in the field and 
we like got back to work. We're just doing our stuff and all that. And he calls me into his office with uh, Peck. He's like, hey, uh, you know how I told you you're going to the board in like two months or so? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, you're going in two days. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what? I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) So he's like, don't worry. We got this. He's like super happy and I'm over there just shitting my pants. He's like super excited. It's like you would think this news gave me diarrhea. Like (laughs) he's like, you would think he's like going to the board or something. It's just like super excited. He's like, don't worry. We got this. We're going to figure this out. And he's like, how are your dress blues? I was like, I haven't worn them since I was a private. He's like, okay. And he like gets on the phone, calls some lady and he's like, all right, go take your, your dress blues to her right now. I like drive them over there and she's like, you could pick them up at 11 o'clock tonight. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> I was like, how the 11 o'clock tonight? What I the was fuck? like, how the fuck did he do this shit? And then I like get to work <laughs> the next day with my blues and they're like help, helping me set them up. I got no fucking idea what these awards are called. Like you would, this is that typical, like, Hey, this guy's been in long enough and they sent him to the board and he doesn't know shit. So I just like, so I got to the board and I'm pretty sure he's the only reason I passed because when I got in there, they were asking me questions and I forgot who this first sergeant was, but he was like bald and he was asking me questions first and I couldn't get a single thing. I'm just like, I don't know at this time. I don't know at this time. The, old, the As far as I got so far was the NCO Creed, which I had to learn in one day, which was in itself like a pain in the ass. And, uh, and finally, he's just like, what do you know? And I'm like, <laughs> oh my god he's, he's like did you study the MOI I'm like I I did not want to say this like I didn't want to get anybody in trouble I was like I found out about the board like yesterday <laughs> and they're like alright uh, we're gonna ask you some like just common sense questions like and then they start I just start nailing things um, and Sergeant Major asked me a question about counselings. He's like, why is it important to counsel soldiers? And I think I got some points for this for making him laugh. But he's and I was like, it's important to counsel soldiers because if you don't, you're going to get somebody like me sitting in your board and you have no idea what I've done. (laughs) And And he started laughing and he's like, oh, shit. This guy's real. He's like, <laughs> so, and he looks at, uh, he looks at first Sergeant Uribe and he's like, should probably get that fixed, huh? And he's like, I'll get right on it. First, <laughs> I'll get right on it. Sorry, Major. And, um, <laughs> and then, uh, when it gets to, uh, first Sergeant Uribe, he completely just throws like everything on the line and he's just like I've known this guy since day one I've seen him grow like I've, I'm seeing him become like smarter and become a better leader like all this stuff he's like I want him promoted immediately no further questions he didn't even ask me a question 
And all the other first sergeants in the room were like, oh, shit, we could do that? Like joking around and stuff. And, <laughs> and uh, the next guy was like, I got no questions. And I feel like like his respect that he had from other people because of how he treated others actually like carried a lot of weight. Um, and when it got to Sergeant Major, he's like, I just got one question for you. How many uh, streamers are on the battalion colors? And I think the right answer was 27 or 19, one or the other. Uh, but I was like, 17, Sergeant Major. Like, I just said it with like no skip or nothing because I was so fucking confident that I was right. And because they, they told <laughs> me before I walked in there. <laughs> when I walked out, <laughs> though, after like I asked them because. First time Uribe told me, always ask him, did I pass the board? I pass the board. I walk out. Peck comes out there fucking sweating because I basically dimed him out for not counseling me. Um, first time Uribe <laughs> walks out and the first thing he does is look at me and he's like, he tells me the right answer to the colors. And he's like, I told you before you walked in. And I was like, I was like shitting my pants right now. I was like, I didn't remember anything you told me before I walked in. <laughs> but he's like all smiling. He's like, well, you did it. And in my, in my head, I know deep down inside, I only made it because of what he said. Like, it was, it was awesome. It was just a hilarious like experience. And so... Go ahead. My staff sergeant board was the same way. I walked in there, except this time I, I'm just rain man, getting every question correct, making them laugh. That's one thing is everybody goes in there and they're just like, I'm not going to go in there. with. I have my bearing when I need to be, but if I'm going to say something funny, I'm going to say it like professionally. And I just made them laugh a couple of times too passed and then got recommended for NCO the quarter and then thank god I didn't have to go to that because it was in like three days and I saw the MOI for that and I was like I need at least like five days or so <laughs> like, um, but yeah man it just I don't know it's been a good time for the uh, I wanted to do the Audie Murphy board uh the only thing is I'm kind of selfish and you need volunteer time to go. So I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, I already work a lot and don't see my family. Maybe I'll try again somewhere else. <laughs> so, uh, the first time I went to a board was when we were in Germany and, uh, I went in there and I didn't know shit. And, they were like, tell me the NCO creed. And I was just so nervous. I mean, I was leg shaking, like just messed up. And, uh, I just botched the whole thing. <laughs> like I, like I, I got through it, but like, I just botched it. And, uh, it's like, all right, take a seat, took a seat. And he's like, do you know the step program? I said, yes, I do. Sergeant major. <laughs> he's like, all right, what's the essence step? And I was like, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> he was like, I thought you knew it. And I said, I said, I read about it. He's like, you read about it? I was like, yeah, I've heard about it. 
he was like, okay, then what's S mean? I said, I don't know, sorry, Major. And he's like, all right, get out of here. And I was like, we're out of sorry, Major. Saluted. And I was just like, you know, uh, whatever our damn saying was. Uh, and fucking, he's like, get out of here. And so I just left. And Fight like hell. Fucking, yeah, fight like hell. And I fucking left. And fucking Elder comes up. I mean... He he was like, Elder, what the fuck? And he's just like, he's like, yeah, I know. He's like, I thought he was ready, but he obviously wasn't. And, and uh, just, die, you know, just like, throwing me under the bus. And fucking Sergeant Major, he's at the time, he was a big guy, you know? So, like, I didn't think anything of it. Well, he fucking goes, he goes, we need to shave some bacon off that that guy. And uh, he's like, Roger that. So he comes out and he tells me, and I'm just pissed at myself and he comes out and he's like yeah sorry major said you need to shave some bacon off yeah and i'm like dude what the fuck i was like fuck that guy and i think that comment right there like really made me determined because i was just like what the fuck that guy's just as big as me what the fuck has he's got to say about me blah blah and i was just all in my head i went to the gym for like three hours and i was just like pissed and few months later go back to the board and he's like he's like you were at the board uh, a few months ago weren't you and i was like yeah roger sarman and he's like okay and he goes uh why did i kick you out and i was like oh i didn't know the step program he's like well do you know it now i was like yep i sure do and i just rattled everything off i slammed all of their questions except for there's one question i didn't know and uh it was just because i was having a fucking fart brain and he's like what are the uh, um, uh, as a military member, what's your fucking authority and all that shit? And I was, what kind of authority do you have? And I was like, poop. I don't know, you know. And so, <laughs> like, all right, sounds good. And saluted him, left. I was promotable. And fucking elders, like, how the fuck did you not know that question? <laughs> I'm like, what? I like crushed it. He was like, yeah, gee, how do you not know that question? Such a big, like he literally beat me up for two hours. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? I passed the board. I knew everything. And now I'm getting beat up. Cause I didn't know one question, you know? And then, uh, so that was, that was like, that really picked me up. I felt really good about that. And then when I went to my sixth board, uh, I go in there. Well, I, uh, Simmons went into the board and he passed, but he didn't know one of the questions, which was, what's the first, uh, what are the first three words in the marksman uh, TM? And I'm like, what? I'm thinking, I'm, I'm looking at Simmons, I'm like, the fuck? What does that even mean? Like, how first three words, and he's like, it's precision, accuracy, and uh, fucking whatever the other one is. And I'm like, oh, shit, okay, I need to remember that. And so I went, in, I'm pretty sure this is the only reason I passed this board. I went in there and I sat, you know, I, uh, well, also everybody else had a, had the place on Carson set up their blues and he was pissed. Like Star Major was super pissed about that shit. Um, and I didn't, I didn't have my blues set up that way. So when I went in there, he was like, did you have your blues done by the business? And I was like, no, sorry, Major. He was like, it looks like they did. And I was like, well, I feel like that's pretty disrespectful since uh, I did them by myself and they do them like trash. And he goes, he's like, well, I didn't mean to disrespect you. <laughs> 
So in my head, I'm thinking like, don't do it again, you know? Like, just say it. Just say like, okay, well, just don't do it again, you know? Like, then I was like, sorry, sorry, baby. you know? And so then he's like, he's like, all right. You know, I say the NCO Creed and I literally like I stared at him the whole time and I screamed at him. <laughs> and Chubb's like Chubb's like, Hey, are you okay? Are you gonna be okay? And uh and I'm like, Yeah, I'm all right for Sergeant. He's like and Sergeant Major's like, Well, why are you screaming at me? <laughs> I'm like, You disrespected me. <laughs> And he like chuckles and I sit down and I answer that the first aren't uh whatever charge of HHC at that time's question. That was the the marksmanship question. He's like, damn, the only motherfucker to get it right. And I'm thinking about him like, well, the only reason I got it right is because Simmons told me. <laughs> <laughs> and Jacone's in there like he's like, This motherfucker just got fucking the the chillest. He's the last one. They're ready to leave. And uh so I get through everybody and Chubb, I see Chubb over there. He's like, thank God. Cause like for him, this was not an okay board because I literally just like, I screamed at Sergeant Major, seeing the NCO Creed. I'm staring at him in the eyes. Like I told him that he disrespected me. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like ready to leave. And so my wife, a couple days prior, had sent up an inquiry about why I didn't get uh, baby leave on top of regular leave and all this stuff. And I told Lisa, I was like, why did you do that? Like, now everybody knows my name up at the top. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> if I'll go talk to my command about the problems I have, you don't need to be doing that because now Sergeant Major knows my name. So, Two days later, I'm at the board. It, we get to the end of the board. And at the beginning of the board, he's like, I know you from somewhere. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. You know what? I would hope that you would know me from somewhere. I'm a fucking soldier in your battalion. And three times you've asked me, do I know you in your fucking battalion? So I would hope by this point you would know me. This dude, at the end of the board, he's like, that's where I know you from. And the I had just got done answering the last, uh, he was a sergeant first class, but he was stepping in for first sergeant at the time. And he's like, fuck it. I don't care about your questions. He's, he passed the board, leaves the fucking boardroom. And I'm looking at Chubb like the fuck just happened. He's like, I don't know. Like, you know, so then he comes running back in. He's like, you're the guy that the wife sent up the inquiry. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, for an extra, he's like, all first arms, you guys can go. We're going to promote him. And then for an hour, sat in there and talked to me about why why the inquiry, like why, why I wasn't getting the leave that I had originally asked for. And I was like, dude, you're barking up the wrong tree. I do not care. And he goes, he's like, okay, well, uh, you know, uh, maybe, you know, when you come to the ball, I'll, uh, I'll talk to your wife. I was like, please don't do that. You're going to get me in more trouble. <laughs> do not do that. He was like, no, yeah. Like I would, I want her to understand. And I was like, I would rather her not understand. Like, please don't do that. You are creating problems in my life. Stop. Like you're doing too much. <laughs> like, like, had to get real down and personal with Sarah major and be like, do not fucking no, don't do that. Just fucking, you're stepping over your bounds now. <laughs> my, uh, 
My third board, because when I got in trouble, I lost my P status, so I had to go back. Uh, I'm standing. I'm standing outside the board. Everybody, it's everybody else's first time. There's this one dude. He's like pacing back and forth with like his note cards and shit. And I'm just sitting there, like just like you know, just waiting. And finally, and the funny part is I'm sponsoring a soldier for soldier of the month at the same time. So I like walk down the hallway, walk into his board, uh, introduce all that stuff. And then they're like, aren't you doing the board as well? I'm like, yep, I'll be right back. So I like literally like walk him into the board, leave the board, go back to mine. And I wait outside. And finally, I'm just like (laughs) looking at this guy and I'm like, dude, sit the fuck down. I was like, you are like making me nervous because of your like pacing and talking to yourself and shit. And he's like, I'm fucking worried and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, if you're studying now, you're not going to fucking remember it. So you might as well just chill out and do your best. Dude walks in there and fails the creed. <laughs> fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm just like I'm, I'm like I'm like thinking about how big his stack of note cards was, and I'm just like, bro, what the fuck? Like you you, you didn't even have the first part. So so I like it's my turn. I'm standing by the door, and I hear them laughing. My first sergeant is my sponsor. I hear them laughing and I'm like, they're about to just fucking clown on me. I fucking go in there and for the first like 15 minutes of the board, they're making fun of my name tape and telling me that it's crooked. And I'm just like, it's not crooked. And they're like, it's crooked. Ask your sponsor. And I'm like looking at my first sergeant and he's like, it's not crooked. And they're like, stand up and look at it. And they're just fucking with me, dude. They're just like fucking around. <laughs> and and they finally get started. They make me do the entire NCO period because they know why I'm back. And they're just like, just fucking around, just fucking around the whole time. Sergeant Major leaves like after the NCO period. He just like gets up and walks out. And I'm like, I know damn well I didn't just <laughs> fuck this up. Like, cause like this shit's like seared into my brain he comes back with a bag of goldfish and just like leans back in his chair and he's just like staring at me like eating and i'm just like what the fuck is happening and uh and we we get to this other uh first sergeant first sergeant gluck and this dude asked first sergeant what gluck? yeah gluck? yeah gluck oh my god <laughs> That poor private. Dude, um, he asked, he had the uh, army study guide printed out and it's fucking put in a binder and it has its own sleeves and everything. And he was not going off the fucking MOI. He was just sifting through that bitch. He asked me like (laughs) seven or nine questions and just some of them were just like so fucking vague and like weird and I was getting them correct and I was referencing the right like uh, manuals and everything and I'm just like 
he's frying my fucking brain. And then it gets to the other, the other <laughs> first sergeants. They all ask me one question. It gets to my first sergeant. He asked me two questions. But at, by this point, I'm tired. I'm fucking done. Like first sergeant Gluck, like absolutely, absolutely fucked my brain up. And uh, <laughs> my first sergeant asks me. What are the two main components of the M4? And I'm like, can you rephrase that? And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, what? And he's like, what two pieces do you need for M4 to work? And I'm like, <laughs> so I didn't say upper receiver actually. I was like, uh, the lower receiver and the barrel. And he's like, <laughs> he's like. No, no further questions. And uh, it, gets, it gets to uh, Sergeant Major, and he's like, do you have any questions for the board? And I'm like, did I pass the board, Sergeant Major? He's like, yes, you passed the board. And he started laughing. He's like, get the fuck out of here. And I, like, salute him. I walk out, and I'm like, I'm like, uh, okay, I'm leaving. And they're like, you got to wait to see if you pass. I was like, no, I just asked him. They're like, you could do that? I'm like, yeah, you guys don't ask them. <laughs> so the, they don't ask them. They're, I was like, yeah, you guys don't fucking ask them. Why? Why do you want to sit here and wait? And they're like, holy shit. So an hour goes by and one of the other platoon sergeants comes up to the office and he's like, hey, Juanes, uh, first Sergeant Andrade told me to smoke you because you started a trend. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, a bunch of people are failing the board and getting like really sad because they're asking. And uh, some girl like ran out crying and stuff. So, yeah. I was like, that's not my, <laughs> I was like, that's not my fault. I didn't tell him to ask. I just said, you can. And, uh, and I like go back and my first sergeant's like, you fucking asshole. He's like, he's like, why'd you do that? He's like, why'd you tell them that? <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. So they're so they were failing because they were no, asking, or they, they had were, just they failed were, they and had just they failed were, and they were not finding out as a group. They were finding out individually, and people were not ready for their answer. So, so they were, and a girl like <laughs> a girl like ran. Oh, crying. Yeah. She like went to the bathroom crying, and I was just like, "That's not my fault." <laughs> I was like, "I fucking passed." <laughs> but uh, when I got back to the company, my last like oh, little, uh, my last little joke about like you know them giving me an Article Fifteen and like uh, me losing my P status is. The entrance was right next to the fourth platoon office with the one that got me in trouble. And I walked into the company and I was like, I'm three and oh, baby, you can't hold me down. And everybody was like, <laughs> <laughs> they were like, this, mother <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Well, shit, man. It's been uh, it's been great talking to you. Uh, Dennis said we're gonna have to have you on again because he really want he really wanted to be on this recording and he had to go uh, on a trip. Oh, today. dude, anytime. So, Just tell me when. I'll come up with new, uh, uh, new right, topics. I mean, I guess you're not so, really going uh, anywhere, are you? Nah, I'm not. <laughs> I'll come up with new topics that are a lot more uh, happy. I know this episode started off kind of like. 
low. No, man, no, this is, these are conversations that need to be had and hopefully someone can relate to this and use it as a way to get themselves out of their own stump. Yeah, I hope so. All right, man. Have a good day. Uh, I hope your crawl back to the kitchen to get some water isn't too long. Um, <laughs> enjoy your day. And if you ever need anything, don't hesitate to to give me a call or, or text me. Me man. too. I'm always here. I'll talk to you soon. All right. See you. Bye. Oh, darn it. I just spilled my coffee. Oh, overdone already. Okay. Uh, this is Truthers. Hope you enjoyed the show.